Chapter One of Jeremy and Hamlet by Hugh Walpole. This is a LibriVox recording. Chapter One Come Out of the Kitchen. One. There was a certain window between the kitchen and the pantry that was Hamlet's favorite. Thirty years ago, these chronicles are of the year 1894, the basements of houses in provincial English towns, even of large houses owned by rich people, were dark, chill, odorful caverns, hissing with ill-burning gas and smelling of ill-cooked cabbage. The basement of the Coles house in Polchester was as bad as any other, but this little window between the kitchen and the pantry was higher in the wall than the other basement windows, almost on a level with the iron railings beyond it and offering a view down over Orange Street and obliquely, sharp to the right and past the Polchester High School, a glimpse of the cathedral towers themselves inside the window was a shelf and on this shelf hamlet would sit for hours his peaked beard interrogatively atilt his legs sticking out from his square body as though it were a joint leg and worked like the limb of a wooden toy his eyes sad and mysterious staring into life it was not of course of life that he was thinking only very high-bred and inbred dogs are conscious philosophers his ears were stretched for a sound of the movements of mrs hunslow the cook his nostrils distended for a whiff of the food that she was manipulating but his eyes were fixed upon the passing show the pageantry the rough and tumble of the world and every once and again the twitch of his christmas tree tail would show that something was occurring in this life beyond the window that could supervene for a moment at any rate over the lust of the stomach and the lure of the clattering pan he was an older dog than he had been on that snowy occasion of his first meeting with the cole family two years older in fact older and fatter he had now a round belly his hair hung as wildly as ever it had done around his eyes but beneath the peaked and aristocratic beard there was a sad suspicion of a double chin he had sold his soul to the cook when we sell our souls we are ourselves of course in the main responsible but others have often had more to do with our catastrophe than the world in general can know had jeremy his master not gone to school hamlet's soul would yet have been his own jeremy gone hamlet's spiritual life was nobody's concern he fell down deep down into the very heart of the basement and nobody minded he himself did not mind he was very glad he loved the basement it had happened that during the last holidays jeremy had gone into the country to stay with the parents of a school friend hamlet had had therefore nearly nine months freedom from his master's influence mr and mrs cole did not care for him very deeply helen hated him mary loved him but was so jealous of jeremy's affection for him that she was not sorry to see him banished and barbara only two and a half had as yet very tenuous ideas on this subject mrs hounslow a very fat sentimental woman liked to have something or some one at her side to give her rich but transient emotions emotions evoked by a passing band the reading of an accident in the newspaper or some account of an event in the royal family 
the kitchen-maid a girl of no home and very tender years longed for affection from somebody but mrs hounslow disliked all kitchen-maids on principle therefore hamlet received what the kitchen-maid needed and that is the way of the world did there run through hamlet's brain earlier stories of an emotion purer than the lust for bones of a devotion higher and more ardent than the attachment to a dripping saucepan did he sometimes as he sat reflectively beside the kitchen fire see pictures of his master's small nose of woods when at his master's side he sniffed for rabbits of days when he raced along shining sands after a stone that he had no real intention of finding did he still feel his master's hand upon his head and that sudden twitch as that hand caught a tuft of hair and twisted it no one can tell of what he was thinking as he sat on the shelf staring out of his window at old miss mulready burdened with parcels climbing orange street at the lamplighter hurrying with his flame from post to post of old grinder's war-worn cab stumbling across the cobbles past the high school the old horse faltering at every step at the green evening sky slipping into dusk the silver-pointed stars the crooked roofs blackening into shadow the lights of the town below the hill jumping like gold jack-in-the-boxes into the shadowy air no one could tell of what he was thinking two he was aware that in the upper regions something was preparing he was aware of this in general by a certain stir that there was of agitated voices and hurrying steps and urgent cries but he was aware more immediately because of the attentions of mary jeremy's younger sister he had always hated mary our dogs in their preferences and avoidances guided at all by physical beauty or ugliness was helen of troy adored by the dogs of that town and did sappho command the worship of the hounds of greece we told nothing of it and on the other hand we know that lancelot gobbo had a devoted dog and that sharon who cannot have been a handsome fellow was most faithfully dog attended i do not think that hamlet minded poor mary's plainness her large spectacles her sallow complexion colourless hair and bony body his dislike arose more probably from the certainty that she would always stroke him the wrong way would poke her fingers into his defenceless eyes would try to drag him on to her sharp razor-edged knees and would talk to him in that meaningless sing-song especially invented by the sentimental of heart and slow of brain for the enchantment of babies and animals she was talking to him in just that fashion now he had slipped upstairs attracted by a smell in the dining-room watching for the moment when he would be undetected he had crept round the dining-room door and had stood his nose in air surrounded by a sea of worn green carpet sniffing suddenly he felt a hand on his collar and there followed that voice that of all others he most detested why here's hamlet ellen here hamlet we can get him ready now helen there's only two hours left anyway and jeremy will care much more about that than anything else i'd like to leave him downstairs but jeremy will be sure to ask where he is which color shall i use for the ribbon helen i've got blue and red and orange 
a pause then again which shall i use do you say then from a great distance oh don't bother mary can't you see i'm busy a heavy sigh oh well you might never mind i think the blue's best all this time hamlet was desperately wriggling but the hand with knuckles that pressed into the flesh and hurt had firm hold oh do keep still hamlet can't you see that your master's coming home and you've got to be made nice oh bother i've gone and cut the piece too short helen have you got another piece of blue a pause then again oh helen you might say i've cut the piece too short haven't you got another bit of blue then again from a long distance don't bother mary can't you see that i'm busy oh very well then a terribly deep sigh that made hamlet shiver with discomfort come here hamlet on to my lap where i can tie it better there that's right oh do keep your head still and how fat you are now insult upon insult heaped he raised his eyes to heaven partly in indignation partly because the entrancing smell could be caught more securely now from the elevation of mary's lap but the discomfort of that lap the hard boniness the sudden precipitate valley the shortness of its surface so that one was forever slipping two legs over the moist warmth of the surrounding hand the iron hardness of the fingers at the neck he played his best game of wriggle slipping sliding lying suddenly inert jerking first with his paws then with his hind legs digging his head beneath his captor's arm as the flamingo did in alice mary as so often occurred lost her patience oh do keep still hamlet how tiresome you are when i've got such a little time too don't you like to have a ribbon and you'll have to be brushed too helen where's the brush that we used to have for hamlet no answer oh do keep still you naughty dog she dug her knuckles into his eyes oh helen do say don't you know where it is then from a great distance oh don't bother mary no i don't know where it is how stupid you are can't you see i'm busy he wriggled mary slapped him he turned and bit her she dropped him oh helen he's bit me it's bitten not bit no it isn't it's bit perhaps he's mad or something and i'll suddenly bark like a dog i know they do i read about it in hopes and fears you're a horrid dog and i don't care whether jeremy sees you or not oh helen you might help it's four o'clock and jeremy will be nearly here hamlet was free free of mary but not of the room the door behind him was closed he sat there thinking the piece of blue ribbon hanging loosely around his neck something was stirring within him something that was not an appetite nor a desire nor a rebellion a memory he shook his head to escape from his ribbon the memory came closer from that too he would like to escape he gazed at the door had he never smelt that alluring smell he slipped beneath the dining-room table and lying flat resting his head on his paws stared resentfully in front of him the memory came closer three two hours later he was sitting in a ridiculous position two steps from the bottom of the hall stairs 
ridiculous because the stair was not broad enough for his figure because the blue ribbon was now firmly tied and ended in a large blue bow because mary's hand was upon him restraining him from his quite natural intention of disappearing they were grouped about the stair helen and mary barbara and the nurse mr and mrs cole and aunt amy in the hall below helen mary and barbara were wearing cocked hats made of colored paper and carried silver tissue wands in their hands barbara was eating her tissue paper with great eagerness and a vivid absorbed attention helen looked pretty and bored mary was in a state of the utmost nervousness clutching hamlet with one hand while in the other she held a toy trumpet and a crumpled piece of paper everyone waited staring at the door mr cole said five minutes late i must go back to my sermon in a moment aunt amy said i hope nothing can have happened mrs cole said tranquilly we should have heard if it had the front door bell rang a maid appeared from nowhere and opened the door from the dusk there emerged a small heavily coated figure mr and mrs cole moved forward there were embraces mr cole said well my boy a husky voice was heard oh i say mother that old squeak of a cabman the short thick-set figure turned toward the staircase instantly mary blew on her trumpet barbara suddenly disliking the tissue paper began to cry hamlet barked through the den the quavering voice of mary could be heard reading the poem of welcome the returning to your home back from school and football too coming to us all alone mary helen and barbara welcome you hail to thee then jeremy dear over you we shed a tear just because you are so dear welcome to your home there should then have followed a blast on the trumpet and three rousing cheers alas the welcome was a complete and devastating failure jeremy could be heard to say oh thanks awfully by jove i am hungry how soon's tea mother barbara's howls were now so terrible as to demand immediate attention from everyone hamlet had slipped from control and was barking at aunt amy whom he delighted to annoy mrs cole said now that's enough children dear i'm sure jeremy tired now no one had heard mary's verses no one noticed the cocked hats no one applauded the silver wands the work of weeks was disregarded no one thought of mary at all she crept away to her room at the top of the house flung herself upon her bed and howled biting the counterpane between her teeth but are not these homecomings always most disappointing affairs for weeks jeremy had been looking to this moment on the frayed wallpaper just above his bed in the school dormitory he had made thick black marks with a pencil every mark standing for a day hard and cynical during his school day a barbarian at war with barbarians at night when the lights were out when the dormitory story-tellers unhappy phipps minor voice had died off into slumber in those last few minutes before he too slept he was sentimental full of homesick longings painting to himself that very springing from the cab his mother's kiss hamlet's bark yes and even the embraces of his sisters 
on the morning of departure after the excitement of farewells the strange almost romantic thrill of the empty schoolrooms the race in the wagonette his wagonette against the one with cox major and bates and simpson to the station the cheeking of the station master the crowding into the railway carriage and leaning five on top of you out of the carriage window the screams of bags won the corner the ensuing fights with cox major after all this gradual approach to known country the gathering in as though with an eager hand of remembered places and stations and roads the half-hour stop at drymouth leaving now almost all your companions behind you only young marlowe and sniff's major remaining the crossing over into glebeshire then the heat of the heart the tightening of the throat as polchester gradually approached all this yes and more much more than this to end in that disappointment everyone looked the same as before the hall the same the pictures the same father and mother and aunt amy the same mary and helen the same only stupider what did they dress up and make fools of themselves like that for mary always did the wrong thing and now most certainly she would be crying in her bedroom because he had not said enough to her in one way there had been too much of a reception in another not enough it was silly of them to make that noise but on the other hand there should have been more questions how had he done in football he had played half-back twice for the school he had told them that in three different letters and yet they had asked no questions and there was bates who had stolen jam out of a fellow's tuck-box one of his letters had been full of that exciting incident and yet they had asked no questions it was true that they had had but little time for questions nevertheless his father at once after kissing him had murmured something about his sermon as though an old sermon mattered of course he did not think all this out he only sat on his bed kicking his legs looking at the well-remembered furniture of his room vaguely discontented and unhappy what fun it had been that morning ragging miss taylor laughing at the guard of the train saying good-bye to old mumpsy thompson who recently spoke to him as though he were a man asking him whether his parents had decided upon the public school to which in two years time he would be going eton harrow winchester craxton rugby crail and so on time to decide time to decide one's public the world widening and widening growing ever more terribly exciting and here mary sobbing in her room and father with his sermons and the long evenings at least no work only a silly holiday task a book called the talisman or some rot no work his spirits revived a little no work and lots of food and hamlet hamlet he jumped off his bed why had he never noticed the dog he had forgotten he rushed from the room when he was halfway down the stairs he caught the echo of a voice tea jeremy already in the schoolroom but he did not pause in the hall he saw the housemaid i say where's hamlet he cried in the kitchen i expect master jeremy she answered in the kitchen she expected why should she expect it hamlet never used to be in the kitchen 
his heart began to beat angrily the kitchen that was not the place for a dog like hamlet he stumbled down the dark stairs into the basement mrs hunslow was standing beside the kitchen table her sleeves rolled up above her elbows she was pounding and pounding jeremy cried at once challenging i say where's my dog his dog mrs hounslow already too scarlet for further colour nevertheless crimsoned internally his dog she hated little boys her sister the one that married the postman had had one two indeed she loved hamlet who had become now by the rights both of psychology and environment hers he's lying there right in front of the fire master jeremy the poor little worm she added the poor little worm was indeed stretched out gnawing at a bone he oughtn't to be in front of the fire said jeremy it's bad for dogs it gives em rheumatism she stopped her pounding they had not met before but it was one of those old hostilities born in the air fostered by the crystal moon roughened by the golden sun jeremy stood his legs apart looking down upon his dog he saw how fat he was how deeply engrossed in his bone how dribbling at the jaws hamlet he said he repeated the name three times at the third call the dog looked up then went back to his bone mrs hounslow sniffed meanwhile in hamlet's soul something was stirring memories affections sentiments he licked the bone again it no longer tasted so sweet as before he looked up at mrs hounslow imploringly she declared herself it do love the kitchen if there's one place where he loves to be it's the kitchen only last night i was saying to my sister anne i said it's a most curious thing how that dog do love the kitchen a little kindness goes a long way with animals poor things as i said to my sister but he oughtn't to love the kitchen jeremy burst out indignantly he isn't a kitchen dog mrs hounslow had received the last insult her face darkened sub rosa she to be reproached she who had been the only one to show affection to the poor deserted lamb she who had protected him and fed him and given him warm places in which to sleep a kitchen dog and her kitchen the cleanest shiniest most bescoured kitchen in polchester she had however her dignity that's as may be master jeremy she said but it's natural both in dogs and humans that they should go to them as cares for em best and takes trouble over them she went on with her pounding breathing deeply jeremy looked at her he had hurt her feelings he was sorry for that after all she had been kind to the dog in her own way she naturally could not understand the point of view that he must take thank you very much he said huskily for having been so kind to hamlet all this time you're going to live upstairs now but it was very good of you to take so much trouble hamlet was deep in his bone once more when jeremy put his hand on his collar he growled that roused jeremy's temper he dragged the dog across the floor hamlet pushed out his legs and behind his hair his eyes glared the door closed on them both Four. upstairs in his own room he squatted on the floor and drew hamlet in between his legs hamlet would not look at his master he sulked as only dogs and beautiful women can 
hamlet you must remember you can't have forgotten everything so quickly you can't have forgotten the fun we had last year out at the farm and when i rescued you after mary shut you up and biting aunt amy and everything i know i've been away and you must have thought i was never coming back but i couldn't help that i had to go to school and i couldn't take you with me and now i'm going to be home for weeks and weeks and it will be awfully slow if you aren't with me nobody seems really excited about my coming back and uncle samuel's away and everything's rotten so you must stay with me and go out with me for walks and everything hamlet was staring down at the floor through his hair his master was scratching his head in exactly the way that he used to do in the way that no one else had ever done three four five scratches in the middle then slowly towards the right ear then slowly towards the left then both ears pulled up close together then a piece of hair twisted into a peak then all smoothed down again and softly stroked into tranquillity delicious his soul quivered with sensuous ecstasy then his master's hands smelt as they had always done hard and rough with the skin suddenly soft between the fingers very good to lick his tongue was half out in another moment he would have rolled over onto his back his legs stuck stiffly out his eyes closed waiting for his belly to be tickled in another moment but there was a knock on the door and mary entered mary's eyes were red behind her spectacles she had the sad resigned indignation of a cassandra misunderstood jeremy aren't you coming down to tea we're half finished he rose to his feet he knew that he must say something i say mary he stammered it was most awfully decent of you to make that poetry up i did like it did you really she asked gulping yes i did would you like a copy of it most awfully i did make a copy of it but i thought nobody cared or wanted to hear fearful lest she should begin to cry again he said hurriedly here's hamlet he's always been in the kitchen he's not going to be any longer hamlet followed him downstairs but still with reluctant dignity the moment of his surrender had been covered and he did not know that he would now surrender after all he would see meanwhile he smelt food and where food was he must be tea was in the schoolroom miss jones the governess was away on her holiday and jeremy saw at once that the worst thing possible had occurred his aunt amy whom he did not love was in charge of the tea-table he had fantastic thoughts when he saw his aunt thinking of her never as a human being but as an animal a bird perhaps a crow a vulture something hooked and clawed but to-day she was determined that she would be friendly sit down jeremy dear you're very late but on the first day we'll say nothing about it his mother should have been here where was his mother have you washed your hands mother has collars there is blackberry jam and also strawberry you're welcome home jeremy he would have neither he loved blackberry still more he loved strawberry but he would have neither because aunt amy had asked him his eye was on hamlet who was sulking by the door i do hope dear that you're not going to have that dog with you everywhere again all the time you were away he was in the kitchen very happy there i believe jeremy said nothing 
aunt amy who was i think to be applauded for her efforts with a sulky boy bravely persevered do tell us dear about this last time at school we are all so eager to know was it cricket or football dear and and how did your work go he mumbled something blushing to the eyes as he caught his sister helen's ironical supercilious glance i hope your master was pleased with you dear he burst out i was whacked twice aunt amy sighed the less about that dear the better we want to know what you did well how strange that in the train he had eagerly desired this moment, and now he had nothing to say. "'I don't know,' he murmured. "'There was a chap called Bass got bumped for stealing.' Aunt Amy sighed again. "'Yes, Helen, dear, you can go if you've really finished. Wipe your mouth, Mary.' Hamlet was watching his master. More than ever now were recollections stealing upon him. His master was unhappy, just as he used to be unhappy he was hating that dark strange-smelling animal smelling of soap the smell that hamlet most avoided whom hamlet also hated yes everything was returning five later on they were down in the drawing-room mrs cole was reading the dove in the eagle's nest the children grouped about her feet jeremy his rough bullet head against his mother's dress was almost asleep he had had a long exhausting day he was happy at last seeing the colours fold and unfold before his eyes that other world that was sometimes so strangely close to him mingled with the world of facts now he was racing in the wagonette leaning over and shouting triumphantly against those left behind now the path changed to a pool of gold and out of it a bronze tower rose solemn to heaven straight and tall against the blue sky and the windows of the tower opened and music sounded and his mother's voice came back to him like the sudden rushing of the train and he saw mary's spectacles and the flickering fire and helen's gleaming shoes for the moment he had forgotten hamlet the dog lay near the door it opened and aunt amy came in at once the dog was through the door down the stairs and into the kitchen this was habit something had acted in him before he could stop to think it was natural for him to be in the kitchen at this hour when it was brilliantly lit and the cook and the housemaid and the kitchen-maid were having their last drop of tea always things for him at this moment sweet things fat things meaty things he sat there and they dropped bits into his mouth murmuring poor worm little lamb sweet pet mrs hunslow was to-night quite especially affectionate delighted with his return to her she patted him pulled him into her ample lap folded his head against her yet ampler bosom confided to the maids what that limb of a boy had dared to say to her kitchen dog indeed as though it weren't the finest kitchen in glebeshire and who'd looked after the poor animal if she hadn't and then and why but of course the maids agreed sipping the tea from their saucers but hamlet was not happy he did not care to-night for mrs hunslow's embraces he was not happy he struggled from her lap on to the floor and sat there scratching himself when ten struck he was taken to his warm corner near the oven she curled him up she bent down and kissed him the lights were turned out and he was alone he could not sleep 
the loud ticking of the kitchen clock for so many months a pleasant sleepy sound to-night disturbed him he was not happy he got up and wandered about the kitchen sniffing he went to the door it was ajar he pushed it with his nose something was leading him he remembered now how well he remembered up these dark stairs under that hissing clock up these stairs again along that passage the moon grinning at him through the window but of course he did not know that it was the moon up more stairs along this wall then this door he pushed with his nose it moved he squeezed himself through he hesitated sniffing then how familiar this was a spring and he was on the bed a step or two and he was licking his master's cheek a cry hamlet oh hamlet he struggled under his master's arm licking the cheek furiously planting his paw but with the nails carefully drawn in on his master's neck once more that hand about his head the scratch first to the left then the right then the pulling of the ears with a sigh of satisfaction he sank into the hollow of his master's body and in another second was asleep End of chapter 1